mother of Tingled Me Crafts. And I'm Jessie of A Polar Night, and together we are the not-so-crafty Gorgons. Not-so-crafty. Not-not-not. Not-not. Not-not. Okay, so today I'm actually going to be kind of spearheading this because there's so few things that I feel like I have expertise in. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? if I'm honest. <laughs> and, uh, but Girl Scouts? I was a Girl Scout for like 11 years. Um, done camps, troops, the whole deal was a CIT. I maintained my adult membership for a number of years, but I never really got involved as an adult, honestly. Uh, it's just not, I haven't had any children in my life, so it didn't really make sense to be like, yes, I would like to lead these strangers' children into womanhood. Like, that just seems weird. <laughs> so, um, I stopped being active when I was around 25. We used to still pay for my membership. So just a, a history of me and my experience with Girl Scouts. Um, yeah. Heather, do you have any... Oh man, so fun fact, I feel like Girl Scouts were tailor-made for who I am as a human being, but I never really participated. And I say that with the like within the context that when I was in fifth grade, my school district required fifth graders and sixth graders to be in Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, but we didn't actually do anything except go to the movie theater and watch Harry Potter when it came <laughs> out. Like I literally have no other memories of doing any other Girl Scout activities. Oh, and selling Girl Scout cookies. Um, so I sold it one time. That was my entire experience with Girl Scouts. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, that actually makes sense because you give off, like, Girl Scout camp counselor vibes hardcore. <laughs> like, there's just, there's, it feels like, I mean, there's girls from all over the world that are a part of this organization. There's all different kinds of girls, but the kind of girls who, like, go to camp feel like they're like the crafty, witchy, you know, like into crystals, hippie girls. <laughs> I went, I mean, I was in Girl Scouts in New England, so frankly that's just kind of how a lot of women were in the area that I lived in. A lot of the people that like were my camp counselors and things like went to like Smith or Mount Holyoke College or, you know, somewhere in the, in the New England area. Uh, so there is a certain type of person who was getting involved in Girl Scouts at that point. Um, the New England hippie chick, I guess. Filthy, liberal, communist. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go over a little bit of Girl Scout history. I don't want to go nuts because, frankly, I could do four episodes on the things that I learned about Girl Scout history. It's like when you live in a regional area, you just know stuff, and I know too much. And <laughs> if you ever want to sit down and have a conversation about that, I can talk at you about it, and it's going to be horribly boring for you but <laughs> I am ready to like ride shotgun as you drive us through this journey I'm so excited it's it's a very have you ever seen me drive are you sure <laughs> <laughs> um so Girl Scouts of the USA shortened to GS USA is the largest leader or leadership organization for girls in the world and currently there's about 2.6 million girl and adult members worldwide so Girl Scouts is a, a United States organization, but they do have an international presence, um, particularly on like military bases or in our territories, which obviously is part of the U.S., but there are troops in our territory. Yeah, there's troops and councils and things that do cover territories, and there are some international Girl Scouts, so that's important to be aware of. So quick question. Can you, like, is there an age cutoff at which you can join Girl Scouts? So there are different 
groups and they all have their own cutoff. So like Boy okay. Scouts has a different organizational structure. So yes, that's important to know is that like Boy Scouts, I admittedly don't know a lot about their organizational structure because it confuses the heck out of me, but Girl Scouts, daisies are the little, little girls. Oh. Brownies are like, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to have the like, I'm not going to have the like uh, sure. age groups down because I didn't write them down, but brownies are like kindergartners, first graders, basically, is my How understanding. How do you go from flour to baked goods? Yeah, I don't <laughs> Sorry. I just, it's interesting, because I think like <laughs> Boy Scouts is like all animals, like it's like Cub Scouts and Eagle Scouts. <laughs> it's like, I'm a fierce Old Spice representative. Well, and then it goes from brownies to just juniors. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so it's daisies, brownies, juniors, cadets, and Ooh. seniors. Fancy. I like cadet. Yeah. So I don't remember the exact age groups because I started when I was a junior and I was right at the cusp of being a junior. So like it was the first year that I would have been a junior had I also been a brownie first. So okay. yeah, so there's different age ranges. After you are a senior Girl Scout, you can then become an adult registered member. And those are like if you are a troop leader, if you are a camp counselor, you have to register. And I believe that being an adult, and if you have a role like that, there's a background check, I believe. I, I'm pretty sure that at that point there's a background check. But you can also just be an adult member and just sign up and just pay your dues, and then your local council gets that money, and it goes towards running camps and troop activities and over overhead sort of things. So it's a good thing if you want, if you're a woman and you want to support your local troops, getting an adult membership is a great way to do that. Interesting. Yeah. So there isn't... There isn't really a cutoff, it's just there's different roles at that point. Interesting. Um, so the Girl Scout USA is actually part of the larger World Association of Girl Scouts and Girl Guides, which is actually, the acronym for it is WAG, with like three <laughs> Gs. Um, and many of the hand signals, songs, um, cultural things are actually fairly universal between Girl Scouts and Girl Guides, and there's some cultural exchanges and things that occur under WAG, which is pretty cool. Um, and I'm not going to get into the whole history of, like, how Girl Scouts came to be, but the Girl Scout website has a lot of great information. I suggest, if you're curious, go check it out. They're really great on the whole history, because, again, there's a lot. Uh, so it's headquartered in New York, and the current CEO is Sophia Chang. And so here's an interesting thing, is that the First Lady of the United States is given status as the Honorary National President. And that was first given to Edith B. Wilson in 1917. This is an absolutely underutilized opportunity. Um, and it first came to my attention when I was a CIT, and uh, I think it's gonna be so funny if she ends up listening to this, but my counselor who trained me her name was uh, Martha Brislin. I can't remember her camp name. When you're in camp, you're given a camp name. You oh. don't use your real name. You use, like, a camp name with the kids and stuff. So you'll know, like, your other counselor's names, but the kids don't know your real name. They know your camp name. Why? Um, 
it's I think it's partially like a safety thing like For boundaries, I mean so they can't Facebook stalk you and this was like before Facebook stalking but yeah oh. basically like when you had town directories and things like even then like it's supposed to be that you know this adult at camp and you don't follow them out of camp basically Interesting. um it's also kind of fun because your camp name would be something like uh I was Silver Rose at one point I was Bam Bam I've had a few names um yeah interesting yeah um, which was really fun, because actually, I, when I was Silver Rose, there was someone who was Red Rose, so. Oh, best friends. Yeah. Um, so she brought this to my attention, though, and it was something she was very passionate about. Uh, super cool person. She really liked the orchestra, so when I was a Girl Scout, we actually got to go to Tanglewood and watch the Boston Orchestra practice and things like that, so she kind of pulled us along with her interest, and she's the reason why I really have an appreciation for the orchestra now. Oh. Yeah. But she was absolutely up in arms about this. And I get it now that I've seen a few first ladies come and go. Uh, from what I've seen, so apparently Laura Bush recorded some videos. Like that's just some marketing material for Girl Scouts. That's all that she did in that role, really. And even that is a lot compared to what just about anyone else has done. Uh, Michelle Obama actually did an entire campaign because Girl Scout... Uh, enrollment numbers were down for a while like the organization was starting to see a dip and I don't remember what the causes for that were so socially and economically I'm assuming there was a, an economic component to that because right. it costs money to join and to go to camp and stuff and the recession was pretty big when the Obamas took the home so yeah yeah not saying that that was the Obama's fault they just inherited a hot mess yeah exactly so. exactly thank you for clarifying that yes <laughs> um, but Michelle Obama I think was the most active she toured she did a whole campaign she did videos she did printed materials she was really a voice and again that's the most that I think anyone's done um, they could have a lot to do with policy change surrounding Girl Scouts, they could actually be an active part of the organization if they so chose. They could help the organization in much bigger ways and bring more awareness and bring more, frankly, like more money into the organization. And they just kind of choose not to. Um, that's so weird because I feel like that's such a missed opportunity. It like, is. both from a like campaign standpoint. But also just to, like, affecting your country. Because, like, the first ladies get these weird little projects that they do, right? And I say that not trying to belittle anything. But, like, they get these causes they focus on. And I feel like that's such a good way to, like, promote their causes by working with the Girl Scouts of America. I mean, yeah, you have a... So, the first lady position... Because it is a position. I mean, as much, as much as Melania Trump wanted to pretend like she didn't have an office, she did. And it is actually a public servant role of sorts. Um, there's a lot of responsibility there. And there are a lot of things that are holdovers from earlier times when women would, for instance, be the ones who would decorate and throw parties and things. And there's a lot of that. But there's also a lot of philanthropy and there's a lot of bringing attention to causes and there's a lot of actual work and here's this organization that you are basically handed yeah. a role within and you choose not to utilize it and it just boggles my mind because they're all like oh I need to come up with a cause it's like well you were given one actually you you have this and it's 
the largest organization that serves girls and you're a woman shouldn't you want to do something with that I mean it just seems what anyways I know that's not really craft related per se but it's a sticking point I wanted to use this platform to talk about it because I think it's important yeah and I would be interested to hear other people's thoughts on that if you have any feedback on how you think the first lady could do better on that uh moving forward and I don't know. I don't know if there's any way we could bring attention to that, but it's well, so frustrating. I, I think it's interesting, especially since, you know, in context of politics, Girl Scouts has been more open and receptive with um, transgender youth and the LGBTQ community in general. And I feel like as progressives, that's an opportunity that should be fostered better and more. And then also with the recent stuff with abortion rights, I'd be curious to see what kinds of relationships would be happening with Girl Scouts with that. Yeah, and it's, I I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it, but you know, like, I'm a bisexual woman in a heterosexual passing relationship, um, and my first experiences with feeling safe as a queer youth were in Girl Scouts, um, 150%, which is why I say, Girl Scouts is a very different organization than Boy Scouts, and some of it is going to be regional, but where I went to camp and stuff, you know, I I think the first person I actually officially came out, came out to willingly, was one of my counselors. So it's a safe space for a lot of girls in a big, big way. Um, Not just, you know, not just because, like, it's, like, school, but, like, no, like, it's an organization that really does cater itself to making girls feel safe and welcome, regardless of who they are. And transgender um, youth as well at this point actually um so the organization of the organization um it's divided into regional councils which are then divided into even smaller troops troops are usually like town based so some towns if they're small they'll have one troop for each category of girl um so like they'll have a brownie troop a daisy troop some places if they're big enough and if there's enough demand there will be like multiple troops in the town that I grew up in for instance there was one very large junior troop that was over 30 girls I believe it was a pretty big wow. music, a classroom and they had like a, a a troop leader and a troop leader assistant and most of the troops I was in had at least two adults if not three um and that one was it wasn't a good fit uh the person who ran it I lived in a small town so the person who ran it she was very controlling, very like type A personality, and her daughter was someone I didn't get along with in school, so her daughter was like allowed to bully me while I was there, which was not the best. And most troops are not like that. I'm just gonna, that's my experience. I switched to a different troop, and so I went from a troop that was very structured and like, we're gonna sit down like this is a classroom and do badge work. And that's what we're gonna do today, to like a troop where they were like, we're gonna do crafts, and then we're gonna go like for a nature walk and pick up sticks. Oh, <laughs> that sounds so great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the second troop was much nicer. And then I moved to the city and I joined another troop um, that was a lot, like they, they were in a nice mix. So we did a lot of service work in that one and we had someone who was working on like their gold project. We um, sewed some blankets for uh, homeless people, I think, like for a homeless shelter. And then we also did like these um, toiletry bags that was a part of my friend's gold, Girl Scout Gold project, which is the closest thing that's an equivalent to Eagle Scout. It's it's like the Girl Scout Gold Award is a special service project that you do. 
that results in a scholarship. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, and it's not, most girls don't go through the process of getting this done. It's a fairly large project. It involves a lot of community involvement and it involves like the whole troop getting involved. So if you don't have a good support network, it's near impossible to actually complete the project. Oh. Um, it's a really, really big deal. And uh, so we did some toiletry bags that went to women's shelters in Western Mass. So that was pretty cool that she got to complete her, her gold award with that. Um, so just an idea of like what a troop can look like and the kind of activities that you can do within a troop. Nice. Uh, so there are differences in troops and camps. So councils will oversee both. Uh, your council may have camps in their area, one to, honestly, I think I've seen one that had like five in its area. Uh, some of them oversee day camps. Some don't have any camps. They just have troops especially in some smaller, more rural areas, they may not have any camps that they oversee. Uh, they have different purposes. So like troops are more of a day-to-day -day thing. Camps are typically in the summer, but I say typically because camps also run activities in the winter sometimes. We had winter camping. I went with my dad once and we stayed two days and he was like, yeah, fuck this, I'm done. And we went home. Because <laughs> nice. he was like, this is too cold. <laughs> Uh, but they do run activities kind of year-round. There's also day camps, which are kind of like a, a mix. So you just go for the day and then you go home at night. It's not a sleepaway camp. And those tend to be very craft-based because you're just mostly keeping girls entertained for the day. Huh. And they tend to be themed. So all of the camps that I went to had like a theme for the week. Because even the sleepaway camps, it was like you would go for a week or two and then you'd go home for a couple days. And then if you had signed up for another camp, you'd go back to camp for another week or two. But it gave the camp counselors like a weekend off in between. It gave the camp a chance to clean and reset and then it sent the girls home for a little bit. So if you were the type of girl like me where I was um, involved in what was then called Department of Social Services, the state partially paid for me to go to camp because we were low income and because I had a caseworker. So I spent all summer at camp as a matter of respite care for my mom. and those weekends allowed me to actually be home a little bit for the summer. Uh, if you had offered it to me, I would have stayed on the weekends though, honestly. I, I wanted to live at camp. I didn't want to go to school. I just wanted to be at camp. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And there were a few of us that that was like our culture. Um, so there are different crafts that are kind of done. Some are done both in the troop aspect and some are done at camp. So I'm gonna kind of talk about both as separate entities, even though there's a lot of overlap. So with troops there's a lot of service crafting and like we've talked about it's kind of always been appropriate for women and girls to learn crafts and to sew and to do things so there is an emphasis on you know I, I think in multiple troops I've learned aspects of sewing I've learned some needle crafts I've we've talked about them at least um knitting crocheting there's a lot of that I mean, I don't know if there is anymore, but I'm just talking about my experience, which was, you know, 34 now, so this would have been 20 or more years ago. Um, but uh, so much of the culture has stayed the same from people I've talked to, so I'm going to assume that's the same. Uh, things like making cards, uh, things like crafts for your parents, kind of like that, the same thing as like school crafts, honestly. There's a big emphasis on, again, like service crafts, so like what can we make this for? Who can we make this for? Um, trying to think of other examples of like crafts that would serve as a service. 
wood recycling or upcycling things? Yes. Yeah. And actually, um, there is something called Swaps Special, whatchamacallits, affectionately pinned somewhere, which I didn't actually know what they were called. Like, I knew they were swaps. I didn't know they had an actual meaning. I'm just like, oh, they're just things you swap. Um, they're pins that you exchange with people, and it's actually promoted that they be inexpensive because you usually give them to your whole troop or you're going to, like, a troop exchange event. And you go and you give them to people and you you can, like, attach your, like, contact information to it sometimes. If it's something like you went to an event and you met friends and you want to them to have your number, you can attach, like, your phone number or your email to it with adult permission, obviously. Um, Girl Scouts has a pretty big emphasis on um, privacy and making sure that, you know, girls aren't sharing information they shouldn't. So, but in some events, it's appropriate to attach your personal information um and a lot of times it's something that like they've just made at home and if you look on pinterest there's some really cool examples of upcycled swaps oh that's cool yeah and they're usually pinned one of the cooler swaps that i've seen though is like they're not always traditional in that it's like a pin that you pin on yourself i saw an example where it was like a troop made a couple troops made quilt squares and they technically put it on a pin and exchanged it and both troops made quilts out of their swaps. Whoa, that's wild. Yeah. And that's, like, next level. Like, most troops aren't doing things like that, but it's kind of neat that there's swaps that can be somewhat functional. Yeah. And so they'd end up with these quilts that were, like, made from the other troop, basically. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And what a way to, like, interconnect the troops, right? To have one troop do the squares and one actually, like, quilt it together. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. That was one of the cooler ideas I found. Because I was, uh, last night, like, looking at different ideas, honestly. Because I am a last-minute planner. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, nowadays, there is more of a focus on badges that get girls into tech and STEM. But crafting is still seen in a lot of the art-centric badges and a lot of the badges in general. And there's a lot of different ways that you could, like, integrate crafts into badges. I haven't done badge work in a really long time. I kind of skimmed the guides a little bit. They still have art badges. They still have things that are, like, the community service badges will oftentimes have, like, make something for someone. Um, but they also now, which is really cool, have more of the computer science badges, which they started around the time that I got into cadets I think there was um I think I completed all of the computer badges just because I had already done all of those tasks so you can actually earn a badge uh for things that you've already done so if you already know how to like code you can just show your troop leader like oh I know how to do this and show them some coding and then you've met that requirement for that badge wow which is neat that's super cute yeah um they don't make it so you have to like relearn things that you already know um so what are some types of crafts, like, beyond needlework that you guys would do? Was there any, like, culturally, like, specific to Girl Scouts? Yes. So specifically when it comes to camp, there's a few things that are um, very relevant. Uh, and I, I've heard that these are still being used. I did check. I did some, like, forum searches. Unfortunately, I don't, I, I only know, like, two people that are still kind of active in Girl Scouts, and they're kind of starting to back away because they're getting older. Um, but friendship bracelets using embroidery floss are still a thing. Hmm. Hair wraps, not so much. What's which, a hair wrap? 
Oh, a hair wrap. That's a great question. So you know the friendship bracelets that are like a knot that just circles around, basically? Sure. Yeah, so it's like a multi-strand bracelet, but it's like skinny, and it's like you make a knot and a knot and a knot, and then you change colors. You make a knot and a knot, and the knot will kind of go around like a spiral left. Oh, yes. Yeah. Hair wraps can be made that way. Like you take a piece of hair, you braid it, and you can either do that or you can literally take like three strands of embroidery floss and you wrap and then you kind of like hold it down and then you wrap and then you hold it down and then you wrap and so you change colors like every few inches or every inch or so and then at the end you tie it off and it's just a piece of hair that's wrapped with embroidery floss basically. Uh, It was really popular in the 90s and just they're not doing it as much but it's basically a friendship bracelet that you wear in your hair. Um, I was one of the girls that was really good at doing them and there were some girls who were kind of known for different uh aesthetic skills basically either like doing makeup or doing like hair wraps or putting curls in hair using methods that didn't use heat that kind of thing and so you'd be kind of called upon where people would be like oh like if you had downtime your friend might be reading a book and you'd just be doing a hair wrap on her cool yeah uh, so they still do the friendship bracelets. That's pretty big, and you exchange them. I do remember, and I think I still have some of my original friendship bracelets somewhere in my stuff. Um, so there's that. And then there's also, I was not lucky enough to have parents who were super involved, admittedly. They just kind of sent me to camp and paid whatever the portion was that they were responsible for after, like, the state social organization paid for their portion uh they didn't do crafts with me they didn't they dropped me off they they made sure i got there which is more than a lot of parents do honestly like they they made sure i had my access to my girl scouts but they didn't go above and beyond so we had something that you needed for camp called a sit upon which is what it sounds like it's something you sit upon and we had this ridiculous little saying called if you sit upon my sit upon i will sit upon you (laughs) because girl scouts are cheesy (laughs) Uh, and it's a cushion and you can make them at home. Mine was a boat cushion. Uh, I didn't have one of the cool ones. There were girls who would come in with these bedazzled creations or lovingly hand sewn things with like marine vinyl that mom had like made for them or they made with their mom or they went to a scout scouting event and they had this specific one and girls would come in and they'd all have matching ones and they'd be like oh yeah I did this last year at blah 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 camp and so they'd all have this like bonding experience of where they made their sit-upon um sit-upons are a huge thing you have to have one at camp because you're usually sitting on the ground oh okay uh usually around the campfire or uh down on the beach if we were like getting a lesson you just kind of go sit on your sit-upon So that's another thing that's pretty specific to camp. So you're either bringing something from home that's handmade or you're making it at camp. And the other thing that we did at my camp was, um, and this falls under Girl Scout tradition, so every camp does its own things. And many of those traditions are just camp traditions. Like camp culture is kind of camp culture. Even I would argue that there's some some camp culture things that are seen across the world not just in America I think American camps tend to have a lot of the same things just because we're pretty homogenized in that sense Uh, when I was a CIT we had the opportunity to go to other camps and see what songs they sing and what games they play and honestly we we did like all the same ones they had differences in their songs that were like deviations and lyrics sure but not like it wasn't drastically different and they had the same things we did where like you know 
you'd like tie a bandana on your leg or have wear a bandana on your arm or just something like the the fashion things were very similar the kind of trends that we had going on were just the same things and we had wish boats during the entire time that you were at camp if you had been to camp before you would be spending a lot of time looking at bark specifically bark that had fallen on the ground you're looking for this perfect piece of bark that's gonna float <laughs> Sounds like a very gish experience. (laughs) (laughs) I figured you'd understand. Yes. (laughs) Um, But you're looking around and you're like, I don't know how to explain this. You just know it when you see it. It's this piece of bark that's shaped in such a way that it's not going to sink on you. And at the end of camp, you put a candle on it and you attach pine needles, pine cones, whatever, like weird little berry things from the forest like whatever you can find that's on the forest floor and you use wax to melt these things onto your piece of bark and make it pretty and it's called a wish boat interesting yeah and you take your boat and you push it out into the lake and everyone does this and you just have this sea of candles oh wow and it's right before or after closing ceremonies so you already have this very emotional end of camp. Some girls aren't coming back. Some girls, you know, only do the one week. Uh, you may never see these people again. So you have this ceremony where you send your boat out with a wish. And if your boat stays up, your wish comes true. If your boat sinks, then it doesn't come true. Basically. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That is... Wow, okay. Girl Scouts kind of set you up for life. Like, Girl Scouts, like, there's some disappointment here, you guys. Um, there's, and then you have, like, you know, either before or after, you have this very emotional closing ceremony where girls will be weeping and swaying, and there's a song that you sing that I am not going to sing because I will start crying. Um. So it's not the No-No Square song. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is definitely not. Uh, but the most memorable line from it is, whew, and I'm gonna not cry. No, ma'am. Uh, but it is, as the years go by, I, I'll think of you inside. This is good night and not goodbye. Aww. And that's like the last part of the song. So you do this very emotional wish vote ceremony and then you do this. Fuck. <laughs> and then you go and, I don't know, like have s'mores. <laughs> Talk about a field trip. <laughs> yeah. The last night of camp is very emotional for a lot of girls. But I think that it kind of shows how crafting is really tied in with traditions and um ritual honestly like ritual is kind of one of those things that culturally is really important and girl scout has the same thing so uh yeah in terms of other crafts that we did at camp though um i did stained glass was one of the cooler ones Ooh. yeah we didn't really get very far with it because you always think you're going to have more time than you do and i think you know this from like working with children children and having a schedule uh, no one's sticking to a schedule. It's not happening. Hurting cats. <laughs> Even with the older girls, because I was a teenager at this point, and we just, we did not finish our projects. Uh, camp does afford the opportunity to try things like that, at least, whereas, like, if you just are at, like, uh, day camp, there just isn't enough time. But if you're at sleepaway camp, you can kind of be like, hey, can we slip away to the building to go do stained glass for a couple hours tonight and if you're an older girl you're allowed to stay out later so like you as long as you go with a buddy we could go and work on our projects um the other thing that we did was 
uh, just like nature projects. So like sometimes we get like, you know, like a uh, canvas or paper and like make art with pine needles, make art with it. Like you'd find things on the ground, making stick art, making things out of sticks. Um, and the other thing that we did, I'm trying to remember, I had a whole list in my head. I could see the solar printing art being really popular with this sort of thing. Oh, that would be cool. With, you know what I'm talking about? Like the blue and the white, the cyano, whatever it's yeah. called. Yeah. We, um, we did a lot of tie-dye. Okay. Tie-dye oh, was of course. Yeah. That whole section of Michael's and Joanne's, <laughs> I just like mentally refer to it as like the Girl Scout, Boy Scout <laughs> aisle. Where yeah. it's like the bandanas, the t-shirts, the tie-dyes, the fabric oh, markers. I'm like, that's the Girl Scout aisle. And I've never been a Girl Scout. <laughs> but like, tie-dye is so suited for outdoors. Like, if you're gonna do a messy craft, that's the other thing is doing finger painting with those kids is great. Doing yeah. finger painting even with like, or painting with things from nature. So like grabbing sticks off the ground and using them to paint. Grabbing pine needles and doing like impressions of things. Uh, flower pressing. Think, oh yeah yeah stuff like that I also just mentally associate like building bird houses with Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts so fun thing I actually went to a construction camp because I was literally at the point where I was like if they're running it I'm attending it and it was not something I had any interest in but we actually fixed a railing and then we built bird houses to go on the outside of that building <laughs> oh wow that's fun um I also did drama camp so drama camp we like made our own costumes yeah uh we didn't have a sewing machine, so we were hand sewing everything, oh. and we were outside, so it was like day camp, but it was a lot of like finding things at home, bringing them in, and trying to like make costumes from nothing, uh, and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like trying to be resourceful, so it is like a, a, a gish boot camp. <laughs> that's fun. That's uh, exciting. Yeah, so that's kind of like my take on, you know, crafts and Girl Scouts. Um, it is a huge part of the culture, and again, there, there's so much that I could go into in terms of Girl Scout culture and other aspects of Girl Scouts. Uh, I just remember that was kind of my gateway, I think, into really being into crafting and seeing just how many different crafts that there were. Uh, Girl Scouts was more of my gateway into, into being artistic, I think. I already was, but it, it was definitely helpful in propelling that and encouraging that. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Well, speaking of Girl Scout troops, we wanted to give a special shout out to our two newer patrons uh, who, if we were to start a Girl Scout troop, we would want them in this troop. And so our first shout out goes to Courtney, who actually joined us in our third episode and was our guest. But she's joining us at the second level tier third level I don't I don't even freaking know I she just the fact that she's even a patron whether it's like a dollar or a thousand dollars she's amazing and Courtney you could be the troop leader of my troop anytime <laughs> yeah yeah girl and then our second patron who recently joined us is Rosie also pink planet design so hey girl hey if uh if you were to join our troop, I could see you being the scheduler with all your planning <laughs> skills and like organizing everything, making it super pretty. We love and appreciate both of you. And fun fact, Rosie and I went to school together and I, if I had to bet whether or not she was in Girl Scouts, I would guess that she was just based on Rosie's personality because she was kind of the, you know, she was an, 
JROTC, all that fun stuff. Like, she's just the epitome of Girl Scout, from what my assumptions of Girl Scouts are, given that I've never really been a Girl Scout. So, cool. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening and joining us. If you were a Scout boy or girl or one of those other weird offshoots like Pathfinders, we would love to hear about your experience and any camp traditions you may have had, any fun crafts you did. If you have pictures of crafts you did, we would love to see those. I would love that. It would, <laughs> it would make us smile so much. Uh, but again, thanks so much. And this is a shorter episode than we have done in the past. We're Thank you for listening to the Not-So-Crafty Gorgons. We really appreciate your support, and we couldn't do any of this without you, our listeners. Cover art is by Marina Soul Art. Music is by Naveed, who is Amin Me on Fiverr. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review or rating on whatever platform that you prefer. And for exclusive content with the Gorgons, including tutorials, swag, and bonus episodes, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash notsocraftygorgons. For episode previews and other updates, follow us on Instagram at not underscore so underscore crafty underscore gorgons.